Praise the Lord. We're going to let the junior high be dismissed. They meet in the youth room after the, sur- after the worship time. And so delighted that you're here. How many of you would let the worship team know? We really appreciate what they do. Could you just give them a hand and say thank you? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. A while back, I was talking to somebody, and they made this statement. They said, I'm frightened because it seems like the whole world is out of control. Now, I understood what they were saying, but it was a little exaggeration. You know, the whole world is out of control. Uh, But then they said something that was even more a little uh, took me back. They said, you know, it's at a point where I don't know who or what to believe anymore. Now, when you say that to a pastor, it does something. So I like, those are fighting words. <laughs> like, say what? I said, well, I know this. In the world, I may not know who or what, but I do know who, God, and what he says in his word. I can trust that. Amen? And so, uh, in spite of what's going on, and, and, you know, maybe today you're here and you have a moment where you're having one of those life out of control moments. How many have ever had one of those where it went so out of control you couldn't do anything to keep it back into control? It just was like life is out of control. Now, when that happens, our series that I'm finishing up today, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Those are one of those times when life is out of control. The danger is that we have this tendency to try to get it back into control through our own ability, through our own strength, through our own knowledge. And yet the Bible says... Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And yet we come up with ideas and we think about what we can do to try to get it back into control. But there are just those situations you cannot, as hard as you try, you cannot get them back into control. And that's where you need to learn to really trust in the Lord with all your heart. I don't know if you've ever seen the television series called Storm Stories. It's on the Weather Channel, and Jim Cantori is the host of it. And people tell stories about the storms that they've gone through. Now, obviously, because they're telling the story, they survived. (laughs) And so we listen and we learn, and and it's very interesting. Well, today I want us to look at the Bible. We're going to look in the New Testament in the book of Mark, and we're going to talk about a storm story, and yes, the people in the story did survive, because they wrote about the story in their Gospels. We're going to be looking at Mark, particularly, and in this storm story, there's some very interesting truths, some things that can help us to answer the question, what do I do when I don't know what to do? And... uh, You know, as you read about this, there's three aspects of it that I want us to look at. Number one, before the storm, storm, during the storm, and after the storm. Because each one of those, there's something that we can learn in that. So in Mark chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 36. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's get in the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. Now, if you read this portion of scripture in context, you know that Jesus and his disciples have been ministering several days in a row. Jesus has been teaching, and he's been teaching some great messages, and there's been great crowds that have gathered, and and there was a great impact in the lives of people. The Bible says that even it came to a point where they were so busy in ministry, they didn't even have time to eat. So when Jesus says, 
let's get in the boat and let's go over to the other side of the lake. I'm sure the disciples thought, ah, oh, finally, a break, some rest, some relaxation. It's, it's going to be a pleasure cruise going to the other side of the lake. Well, they were feeling pretty good about what had happened. And I think they were kind of having a spiritual high. You know, a spiritual high when God answers your prayer or things happen and you're just, you know, you've been in the presence of God and you just feel really good. Well, those are great times, but the reality is, is that God never intended for us to live always in a spiritual high. There are those spiritual lows that will come. There are the mountaintops, but then there are the valley experiences. And it's important for us to learn to know what to do in both of those situations when it's good and when it's bad, we need to know what to do when we don't know what to do. And the disciples are feeling great. You know, they're thinking this is going to be good. But they are about to come to a storm. Things are going to go out of control in their life. They're going to experience something that they have never experienced before. Verse 37. But suddenly, you know, they're going along, cruising along. Things are great. Wonderful day. And, and suddenly, a great storm came up. High waves were breaking over the boat, and it began to fill with water. You know, we all experience storms of life. Uh, everybody does, believer, unbeliever, Christian, non-Christian. We all have storms that we go through. And somebody has said that we are either coming out of a storm, we are in a storm, or we're headed to a storm, because that's just the way life is. There are storms in life. Things don't always go the way we want. Things don't always go the way we like. And so it's important for us to realize that storms are not necessarily an indication that we've been bad or haven't done the right thing. It's just life. Like the bumper sticker said, storms happen. <laughs> I believe that's what it says. Okay. So during the storm, suddenly... And, 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 you know, I don't know if you've had one of those days when things are going great, things are going good, and suddenly somebody makes a statement, somebody calls, something happens, and, man, it just changes the whole day. Everything changes in that moment. And, and for some situations, life is out of control. For these disciples, their circumstances changed immediately. Things changed what we read about is something else began to happen. They begin to change in the midst of the storm. Something began to change. Now, uh, just to help you to understand the magnitude of this storm, when Mark writes this story in the, the original language, the Greek, he uses some specific interesting words to describe the storm. They both, he writes great, which is magus. Uh, it's massive kind of story. I mean, it was huge kind of storm. But then he uses this word to describe the storm itself, and the word is lilylop. Not lollipop, but lilylop. And the word lilylop refers to the wind and the force of the wind. The wind was blowing fierce. It was blowing furious. It was coming fast, and it was about to blow them off course. They were going across the lake, but man, it's pushing them off course. And the strength of that wind was coming against them. Sometimes in the storms of life, we just feel 
adversity coming at us so strong. And it, it just, it's hard to stay the course. Well, back in the book of Matthew, the Matthew gospel written by Matthew, Matthew tells this same story. And when he describes what he perceived in the story, he uses the word magus, massive, great storm. But he uses a different word to describe the word storm. His word is seismos. Now, you may say, that kind of sounds familiar. Well, the study in science, seismology, has to do with earthquakes and the effects of earthquakes. So Mark talks about the strength of it, this wind. And what I believe Matthew is talking about is the waves that the wind has created. And how there was the rise and the crashing down of the boat and the shaking that was going on. You know, there are times when the storms of life come and we feel driven, we feel pushed, we feel forced in a direction we don't want to go. But then there's times when we just feel like we're crashing down and, and life is so out of control and it's, it's, it's something that just causes us to, to be troubled and, and to be tense and, and anxious and worried and, and vulnerable. And we feel helpless during those times. Well, the disciples are feeling totally overwhelmed by this, the waves that are beating over and crashing over them and filling the boat with water. But something else was happening. There were waves of fear that were starting to overwhelm them and overwhelm their faith in that moment. These guys felt powerless. They felt helpless. I think in their mind they may have been saying, I know Jesus said we're going across to the other side, but I think we're going down to the bottom of the lake. You see, in that moment and in any moment when we are surrounded by circumstances that are out of control, we can forget what God says, what the Word of God says, the Bible. We can forget what God said to us. We can forget what God said about us because we become so preoccupied with the circumstances that we can forget. And I believe that they forgot what Jesus said. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. We're not going to the bottom. Now, Jesus said, we're, hey, guys, we're going to go across. We're going to start across the lake, but we're going to end up on the bottom. I think they would have said, have a good trip, Jesus. <laughs> we're not going. But Jesus said, we're going to the other tribe. But they forgot about that. They didn't remember what Jesus had said. We have to be careful that we don't allow our circumstances to overshadow our faith and our beliefs in the word of God. Storms that can move us and shake us have a tendency to create the potential of where we can begin to doubt what God's Word says. And that's not a good place to be. That'll just cause us to be all the more upset and unsettled and, and anxious and all about that. What I see in this story is that Jesus and the disciples are all in the same boat. They're all in the same boat. And yet, it's interesting as you read this story, what's going on with the disciples is not going on with what's in what Jesus is going on. It, Matthew and Mark both felt it was important to let us know what Jesus was doing in the midst of the storm. In verse 38, the first part of it says, Jesus was sleeping in the lower part of the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I mean, they get real specific here. Jesus, in the midst of the storm, is like there's nothing happening. And what the scriptures tell us 
is that Jesus is unmoved by the wind. He's unshaken by the waves. He's not disturbed by the disturbances. He's not troubled by the troubles. And, and the reality is Jesus knew what God's plan was for his life. God's plan for his life was not that he would die crossing a lake, but that he would die hanging on a cross. That was God's plan for his life. So Jesus has this great confidence, God's plan, in spite of the circumstance. He's strong and he's steady. He's so relaxed he can sleep in the midst of the storm. You know, sometimes when you're going through a personal storm, one of the things that happens is you can't sleep at night because your mind is so fixed on the circumstance, situation. You're trying to figure out what can I do, why, how, when, and we can't sleep. But Jesus shows us that it's, it's possible in the midst of the storm that we can be so confident in God, trusting in Him, that we can live with less stress than those who don't know Jesus Christ. In this story, there are two questions that are asked. And they're interesting stories. They're very revealing stories. In verse 38, the last part of verse 38, it says, The disciples woke him up. Now, apparently the disciples think Jesus is not aware how bad this is. Because if he was, bad, if he was aware, he would worry just like us. He would panic just like us. It says, The disciples woke him up shouting, Master, don't you care that we're all going to die sometimes I've heard this message this scriptures preached as they were saying don't you care about us and I don't think that's exactly correct what the scripture is saying he's just they're saying don't you care that we're all going to die aren't you aware of how bad it is you know sometimes when we're going through life storms and we talk to somebody who have faith and we begin to tell them and what we're going through and, and, and they aren't exactly sympathetic. They may feel bad, but they'll say, you know, I just believe that there's hope as long as God is in there. And they don't panic. They don't get all worked up. And we say, you just don't understand how bad it is. Instead of listening to what they're saying and saying, maybe, maybe they're speaking life and truth to me. We just discount them and say, they don't understand. And this is what the disciples did. They didn't understand why doesn't Jesus panic like us. And I believe they knew that Jesus cared, but they just had this idea Jesus wasn't aware. So they asked this question, don't you care that we're all going to die? We're going to drown out here in the storm. Interestingly, Jesus never answers their question. He doesn't say, guys, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. No. He, he, he doesn't answer the question. Verse 39, this is what Jesus does. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. And suddenly, just as suddenly as the storm came, it dies down. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great magus calm. Suddenly, when Jesus spoke, Life isn't out of control anymore. It changes so quickly. Now, I, the word rebuke there literally means to raise your voice and command or declare. And I'm reading this, I'm saying, would have Jesus really had to yell at the storm? Sometimes people think when you pray, you've got to get really loud and really, you know. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus could have whispered, 
and the storm would have obeyed. I think the reason he raised his voice was so that his disciples could hear what he was saying in the midst of the storm and be aware that, yes, I am aware, but more than that, I have authority over life's circumstances and situations. He wanted them to know. Now, the second question was after the storm is gone and, and, and it's gone, it's perfect calm, great calm. Jesus asked them a question, verse 40. Why were you so overcome by fear? Do you still not trust me? You know, uh, fear, he uses the word fear here. And I, I want to just say something about emotions and feelings. Jesus wasn't challenging their emotions of fear. Uh, God has created us with feelings. We all have emotions. They are God-given emotions. And they can move us and they can motivate us to do things, the good things, and, and not do the bad things. But also they can alert us about what's going on inside of us. Those feelings that rise up, you can't stop them. They're just arise but what you can do with them and about them that's where you have control and I know some people feel guilty when they feel and think certain feelings and they, they some people shame them and say you shouldn't feel that way if you were a real Christian you wouldn't feel that way that's not true we have feeling God gave them to us to help us to be alert and to be aware of what's going on in the side of us and so Jesus doesn't challenge their fear, but what he does challenge, you'll notice, it says, why were you so overcome by fear? Why did you let your fear take control of your mind and your thoughts and your emotions? You see, uh, the disciples are still in the process. Their beliefs are being established. They haven't been with Jesus a full three years yet. And there's, they're new to this. They're just they're becoming. And uh, their confidence and faith in him is being developed. And so actually this whole storm thing is a defining moment for them. It's helping them to grow in their life. And that's what happens with us in the storms of life. It's a great opportunity for us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a, a time where God wants to work in our life. You see, feelings are not a problem until we allow our feelings to overcome our faith. And so don't be afraid of your feelings, but be careful that your feelings don't take control and you become overcome by fear, by anxiousness, by worry, by feeling vulnerable to the point you withdraw and you run away. Recognize them for what they are. This whole story wasn't about unsettled weather. It was about unsettled faith in the hearts of the disciples. Jesus was trying to get them to that place. You know, I was thinking about this. When I read these stories, I think strange thoughts sometimes. I just thought, Jesus, couldn't you have, when you first got in the boat, couldn't you have said, Father God, as we begin this journey across the lake, would you protect us from all harm and danger and help us to arrive safely at our destination? He could have done that, but he didn't. You know, we get in the car, we pray these prayers, Lord, protect us as we travel. 
Jesus could have and nothing would have happened. But I believe there was a purpose in the storm of life. Life getting out of control. There was an opportunity for them to grow through this. And see, Jesus was preparing them. There were going to be greater storms that they were going to have to face. There were bigger storms coming down the road. So if they could make it through this one and learn about Jesus and they could put their trust in him, then when the big storms came, they would stay steady and strong in their faith instead of being shaken and and moved. Well, after the storm, Jesus has become, there's been peace in the midst of the storm. And it comes quite quickly. Doesn't always come that quickly, but in this case, it came quite quickly. Verse 41, it says, the disciples were awestruck. They couldn't believe what they saw and what they heard just happen. And they asked this question, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? You see, they were getting a revelation of who Jesus really was. It's in the midst of the storm where we may ask those questions. We may be overwhelmed. We may experience God and we say, who is God? Well, he's the God who is the God over all the storms. Even the winds and the waves can obey obey him. And then in Mark chapter 5, the last, the next verse after chapter 4, verse 1, it says, So they arrived at the other side of the lake, just like Jesus said. You know, if, if the Bible says something is, then we have to just believe that it is. And, and Jesus said, we're going across the lake. We're not going down. We're not going somewhere else. Jesus had an appointment. On the other side of the lake, you remember the, the story of the uh, demonized man and the, and the Gadareans and how that uh, Jesus set him free. He had an appointment. He had to be on the other side of the lake. He had a purpose. And no storm, no wind, no wave could stop him from getting where he needed to be. I want to just acknowledge that I think all of us are going through a storm, you know, it's called pandemic. We're all there. I mean, none of us have escaped the storm. We're all in the same boat at this point in time. But maybe, just maybe, you are going through a personal storm in your own life. Maybe life has gotten out of control in your life. And this is a good time to, to ask, what do I do when I don't know what to do? Well, let me give you a couple of thoughts of what to do when you don't know what to do. The first one would be this, acknowledge. First, acknowledge your emotions. Tell God how you feel. Tell God, God, I am afraid. God, I am anxious. God, I'm worried. God, I'm upset. Tell God how you feel. Because you see, even telling him how you feel is an act of faith. You are looking to and telling him. One time I was talking to a lady and she was telling me about all these feelings she was going through. I said, have you told God? She goes, I couldn't tell him. <laughs> it's like, why? He, he already knows. You just told me. He's listening. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're afraid that God wouldn't understand. God would understand. He created those feelings, those emotions in us. He understands. And so we just tell him, God, I acknowledge I'm feeling this way. But we also then go ahead and say, God, I acknowledge that you are able to help me. God, that you're able 
to help me through this situation. And the second thing is, is we ask for help. We acknowledge our emotions. We don't deny them. We don't ignore them. We don't hide them and bury them. No, that, that's not healthy either. You just tell God how you feel. And then you ask him, God, will you help me with this fear? Will you help me with this struggle? Will you help me with this situation? And God is more than ready, more than willing to help you. Because, you see, he knows that the storms of life can produce some good things in us. And we just get honest with God. We get open with God. And God just loves to be with us in the midst of the storm. He likes to be there, even as Jesus was with his disciples. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a gentleman by the name of Donald S. Charles. Most of us probably aren't familiar with Donald S. Charles, but because of something he did, our lives can be affected every day. Back in 1957, Donald S. Charles was the president of the association uh, the international association of fire chiefs and donald s charles had an idea he thought what if there would be a universal emergency number that people could call and when they called somebody would answer and when they answered they would have help available for them now, he told some of his co-workers, he told some of his friends, and they, they just said, I, I don't see how that could ever be. There were some people that tried to tell him all the reasons it wouldn't work. You know, those people that have that gift of discouragement, <laughs> they can just tell you all the reasons why your idea is a bad idea, why it won't work, and they can point it all out. Well, in spite of the resistance and the opposition, Charles S. Donald went ahead and continued to work on this idea. He began to, to uh, plan and to purpose and develop it more and more. And then there came a point where he presented his idea, promoted it, and people began to change their thinking. It was 10 years after he first came up with the idea that suddenly there was a universal emergency number that was put in and initiated in America. Does anybody know what that number is? 911. And when you call, somebody will answer. And when they answer, they are ready to provide you with the help that you need. When you call 911, they will ask you, this is 911, what's your emergency? And you tell them what's going on. And then a lot of times the next question is, well, what is your location? And they, they want to know that so they can come and help you where you're at. And provide. One of the things you don't hear when you call 911 is they ask, why did you call us now? Uh, have you called a friend? Maybe a friend would be more willing to help you than we are. Or, uh, when do you want us to come? We'd like to schedule a date when we could come and save you and rescue you. <laughs> they don't ask, do you deserve us to come? No, they just are prepared to come when you call. In the same way, God is the same. 
Jeremiah 33.3. I call that God's emergency phone number. He says, call unto me and I will answer. I'll show you great and mighty things that you've not yet perceived. God's more than willing. You know, in the book of Matthew, where Matthew tells this story, it's interesting. The disciples went and they woke Jesus up. And, and Matthew writes, the disciples said, Lord, save us. If you don't, we're going to die. And I thought, man, how true that is for us. If we do not ask Jesus to save us, we're going to die. We'll be lost forever without God's help, God's hope. And so we call. Maybe you're hearing this message today and, and, and you're feeling somewhat unsettled. Maybe you're feeling troubled. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Maybe you're going through the life, a life situation and, and life is out of control or the storms of life are overwhelming you. And to that I say, good. Not that you're going through it, but good because now you know what to do. Acknowledge and ask for help. Today I want to just pray over all of us because I'm guessing a lot of us are going through some storm, through some situation where we need the peace of God to come. So I just want to pray over all of us and ask God to help us. Let's bow our heads together. Father God, we thank you for this storm story in the book of Mark and also in Matthew that helps us to realize that sometimes life does get out of control. Sometimes the storms of life suddenly come and we don't know what to do. But, oh God, your word helps us to know what to do. And, Father God, today we acknowledge that we need your help. We acknowledge that you're the only one that can help us. You're our only hope. And Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ to come and minister to those individuals who are here today listening to this message. I pray that God, that you would help them to sense your presence in the midst of their storm. And that God, that you would release the power that needs to be released in order to bring calm either to their circumstance or calm to their heart in the midst of the circumstance. Father God, I declare over your people today, peace be still. In the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's stand together and let's just give the Lord a thanksgiving praise. Thank you, Lord. Of the Lord our God will praise.